coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. On today's show, we will be telling true stories about obnoxious things that restaurant and bar patrons do that you should make sure you don't do. Our guest today is St. Pete native and co-owner of The Galley, Pete Boland. We will be talking to Pete about St. Pete's evolution, civic pride, local sports, and his extensive experience in the bar and restaurant business that led him to open the galley. We have an upcoming new series called Ask the Chef, where listeners can send in questions that will be answered on air by a local chef. Please send your chef questions to ask at stpetersburgfoodies.com. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Here in beautiful St. Petersburg, we have so many great restaurants to choose from. I was just thinking about where to take Kevin for his birthday, and I decided on Anata. They make everyday visits special, so I'm confident his birthday dinner will be outstanding. The service, selection, and attention to detail are what stand out the most about Anata and what really weighed into my decision. But make no mistake, Anata is a local's favorite for every day and need not be reserved for that special occasion. So if you haven't been lately, I encourage you to do so for their unparalleled wine selection, cheese and charcuterie, and creative and scrumptious flatbreads, pastas, entrees, and specials. So I will say it again, you really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Go to Anata. Today we decided it would be a fun topic to talk about things that customers do that drive service industry people crazy. So we made a post in our group and asked for some input, and here's what we got. Oh man, this is awful. So let's talk about people who bring their children into a restaurant and let them run wild. Here's one of the uh, comments of something that occurred at a restaurant here in town. I had a group of women come in, each with their own child or children. One child opened the tops of the salt shakers and proceeded to pour salt all over the tables and spread it all around. I politely asked said mother to please not allow her child to behave in such a manner. I can't even describe the look I got. Later, I went into one of our bathrooms and discovered a foul smell. One of the children had pooped all over the floor, and instead of notifying a staff member, one of the mothers attempted to clean it. 
cool, except they smeared it everywhere and dumped the soiled paper towels into the garbage. Ew, gross. I can understand that having children and raising them is not a walk in the park. They will still throw tantrums and don't always want to sit still. But don't treat a restaurant like a playpen. There are other patrons trying to enjoy their visit, and staff don't deserve to clean up a mess due to lack of paying attention. Yeah, yeah. That, that's gross, that's, too. Yeah. Okay, here's, wow. a, sh- here's a, a, a quickie, but a good, a good one. This is the customer saying, I have a gluten, nut, soy, dairy, garlic, salt, onion allergy. What can I eat? Nothing. Stay home. <laughs> Gosh, that's really crazy. Okay, so on this one, Lori is, we're going to act it out. It's only two lines. Lori is going to be the server and I'm the customer. Hey there. How's everyone doing today? I'll have a Coke. Apparently having a a Coke Coke is of how you feel today. Yeah. It's crazy. Rude much? There's another one here too. Um, I was working at Tijuana Flats, which is a pretty well known as fast casual Tex-Mex. A woman comes in and asks for a menu. We give her the menu. She looks it over and says... You don't have burgers? No, ma'am. We're Tex-Mex. We have tacos, burritos, quesadillas. Oh, but can't you make me a burger? Seriously, I mean... And then pick up my dry cleaning after that, too, would you please? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, another comment we got was, service dogs have definitely gotten way out of hand. And below that uh, comment, several people uh, posted a few things here. Uh, One is, people seriously abuse it and are obnoxiously defensive when asked. I'm always curious what service a two-pound chihuahua does while on my table in the dining room. Another one. I had a woman completely lie to me about about it when we were completely packed. I asked the legal question I'm allowed to ask. What service does your dog, or does it perform? It's a service dog, and you're not allowed to ask that, she replied. Actually, I am, and your response indicates that it is not a service dog. Emotional support animals are not permitted in restaurants. Besides, there are no tables in here anyway, because it was completely packed. Woman with dog scoffs, not scarves, scoffs, storms around the restaurant with dog in tow, discovers there are no open tables inside, reluctantly sits outside after my pleads with her to respect my wishes and my place. Woman sits down, complains to server about me, asks for info in a desire to get me in a trouble. Server tells woman, no, he's not the manager. That's the owner. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. It really has gotten out of hand yeah. everywhere. And that's an that's a, a entitlement issue. Yeah, it really is. Here's a quick one. Me, this is, the, uh, this is the bartender talking. Would you like to try this beer? Customer, I'll drink anything. I'll go for it. Pours beer. Customer, drinks half of the beer. I don't like this. Can I have something different? <laughs> Oh, my God. Here's another good one. The upscale Italian restaurant I was the chef at hosted the runners of a charity event for a meal after the race. It was on a Saturday morning. We were not normally open, so the staff was already irritated. We were really swamped, and my most challenging server approached me very timidly and said she had a guest that couldn't eat seeds, peppers, gluten, oil, or tomatoes. We made him a steamed vegetable plate. He complained about the meal to the owners because we weren't creative really high maintenance much yeah you should figure out your own meal in that case another running thing i'm seeing in this thread is people coming in and wanting to order off of a different menu than what they're actually serving off of right now like 
say they're on the late night menu and they're wanting to order something from the dinner menu, or they come in and they quit serving uh, 10 minutes before, but they're like, can I please still just get a burger or something to that effect? So apparently that's something that really irritates servers and bartenders, which I can completely understand. Well, the kitchen is set up for a specific menu. Right. At that, at those hours. Okay, we're going to end this with my favorite one. And actually, this is not in the thread where we asked people to give us some, some of the things that annoy them. This one is what gave us the idea for it. I just happened to see, uh, well, our, our friend Pete Boland, who's the owner of the galley, he did not post this, but he shared somebody else's post. That's a bartender. And she says this, PSA for my friends who never had a job in hospitality. You and your six friends want a drink? Tell me the full order at the same time so I'm not doing suicides making your vodka soda. Oh, vodka soda, please. Oh, me. Same. Oh, yes. I'll have a Tito's soda. Have a, have a real-life combo conversation with each other and recognize you all want six of the same thing. Venmo. Six different cards. Also, if you wave me down frantically like you might die if alcohol doesn't enter your system within the next three minutes, then when I ask what you want, stare at me dumbfounded, turn around and try to get your friend's attention so you can figure out what they want, I'm already on to the next customer. Know what you want or keep it moving. Lastly, if you ask me to hook it up or give you a deal, you're the type of person I don't want to buy a drink for. This is a business, not a negotiation. No, there's no free birthday drink, and that's what friends are for. Yes, I'm tired and want whiskey in my face. (laughs) Sounds that way. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So folks, keep that stuff in mind when you go to a restaurant or a bar. And remember, these guys work a lot harder than you realize. They work so hard. It's it's outrageous how hard this business is. I, I was a server for several years, and yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I tried some bartending once and found out that no, being a bartender is not like having a party at your house and serving drinks to your friends. It's way different. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, just be conscious, people, and be, be kind. That's really yeah. all it is. I'm going to order a kettle and vodka. <laughs> so we'd love to hear your thoughts, too. You can send us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com, leave a comment on our webpage at stpetersburgfoodies.com, or comment on social media at any of our uh, sites on Facebook or on Instagram. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Christmas Show podcast. Today we have the co-owner of the galley, amongst other accolades, uh-huh. with us, Pete Boland. Welcome, Welcome to the show. How yes. you guys doing? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry man. Christmas. So uh, did you get anything good? And you know, I don't get anything anymore. It's <laughs> part of being an adult. I get some time to myself if I'm, if I'm lucky. You know, right. Or time at home. <laughs> that's, that's the best gift right there. Yeah, exactly. So you are a St. Pete native, right? Born and raised, yep. And, so, and your name's Pete. Should we call you St. Pete? A lot of people started calling me that when I lived elsewhere before. So uh, that's kind of a thing that's stuck to me. It's been kind of fun. Growing up here and seeing the transformation of this place just made me even more so proud. And this is just such a, a special place. So I take it as a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah. You, you've, you've seen a lot of things, a lot of change. I mean, Absolutely. I've, I've been here just coming up on 10 years, and I've seen a lot of stuff, and you've been here your whole life. Apart from about six years, I've lived here, you know, every waking moment, and my grandmother moved here in the late 60s, 
my my uncles would call this the uh, the city of the living dead because <laughs> it was all the blue hairs walking yeah. around downtown at the time, and uh, you know, of course, Johnny, yeah, Johnny yeah. Carson with God, God's uh, waiting room. But uh, no, this is just always a great place to grow up, and there's there's always so much going on around here between the great weather and all the culture here, and then what we've really developed is this great civic pride. And you know that's right. what uh, I think that's what spawns you guys' business here with St. Pete Foodies. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We don't like to be clumped in with Tampa because we are a separate entity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we, we like to share some stuff with them. Like we'll share whenever the bucks are good. You know, that's our team too. You know? <laughs> yeah. but uh, right. right. But that's Tampa Bay. Yeah, exactly. We no, well, and I, it reminds me like people love the Lightning so much because the Lightning used to play here. You know, it's kind right. of a shared thing. You know, so I, I just love this place and this is my forever home. I think it's such a great home base. Mm-hmm. For anybody, because you have all the big city amenities, apart from transit, uh, you got all the big city amenities, but but with the small town feel, especially downtown. I mean, we all run into each other all the time. It's a really great feeling. Yeah, yeah, totally, definitely. Yeah, it's like the best of a big city and the best of a small town. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally. agree. But I mean, the transformation just—I grew up in Clearwater. No one came to St. Pete. No, it was like the armpit of Tampa Bay, excuse the expression, but it was. Yeah, I mean, you came downtown twice a year. That was for 4th of July to see the fireworks and for New Year's, you know, or like when I was a little kid, the snow fest, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was bad. You didn't come downtown otherwise. Well, no... I remember in the late 90s, there was, well, there was the big catch. That was really yeah. about it, right? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I know, yeah. but it, that was the iconic place. And we yeah. would come here and go there and they still had First Friday back yeah. then. Wow. But it was, yeah. But anyway. Okay, that was deviating topic. Yeah. So, so, so we're definitely going to get into talking about uh, your experience in the uh, service industry, absolutely, and in the galley. What are uh, some things that maybe about you that you've been here your whole life that maybe most people don't know? Uh, I would I would say uh, you know some people would know, but uh, uh, you know just from growing up around here. But we were, my family was heavily involved in little league baseball. Uh, I love Little League Baseball. Uh, my dad was a longtime volunteer at Northeast Little League. He was president of the league. So that was kind of our spring tradition. You know, we lived at Northeast Little League over on First Street. Any parent that has a, a young, uh, you know, soon-to-be adolescent kid, I would recommend going to Little League Baseball. I, I've made lifelong friends there. And it's just, it just something that it was, it's, you know, that, that famous structure, right? You know, to every kid needs structure. That was a, a really great thing for me in, in Little League Baseball. And then uh, I was a high school wrestler at St. Pete High with uh, Coach Pruitt. That's where Ian and I actually became friends, uh, my business partner. We were on the wrestling team together, and uh, he didn't really start thinking much of me until he saw me win my first match. So <laughs> I kind of gave him a hard time about that. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a couple of different things. And then, uh, you know, I, I lived in Ocala, Florida for six years. I was going to ask, uh, yeah. Uh, um, so uh, that was my, my father moved up there after my parents split. Uh, he just wanted to be up in the woods. and. Uh, cheap living up there, and I, I, that's where I really learned and earned a lot of my stripes in the hospitality business. I, I, it's such a competitive market up there. You think, oh, Cal, it's a small town. Well, yeah, it's a small town, but there's not that many people that go out, so it's very competitive right. for for those customers. Um, I learned an awful lot up there, and I uh, just well, still have worked, lifelong friends. Where did you work there? Uh, I worked all over there. I worked at uh, Lone Star Steakhouse in my first bartending job. I don't even know if there's that many of them around anymore. I think there's one in the state of Florida. Bennigan's I worked at. There was one of the busy, busiest Bennigan's in the company at the time. And then I really got to know everybody by working at Rondo's Good Time Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondo owns three restaurants up there in, uh, in Ocala. Um, and he comes down and visits me every once in a while. He'll be here uh, this, this coming week, I believe he told me. Um, but he was just like the guy. He was a guy who waited tables and just knew everybody in town, opened his own place. And we were 
quite the party place. So it was my first management job up there. And uh, I, I credit a lot of my time there to how we are in hospitality now and part of our culture at the galley. Mm-hmm. Nice. So when did you move back? I moved back in 2008. Uh, it was a great time to move back here with the Rays for right. the World Series. Uh, <laughs> and I was kind of figuring out my way. I, I, I was working at a corporate restaurant at the time. I thought I was going to climb the ladder there. And that didn't work out. And then I, I, where most people got to know me down here was uh, I got hired at the Rare Olive and Corrigan's Irish Pub the same hour of the same Monday afternoon. Uh, it was a funny thing, especially during the, uh, you know, that was during the times of the economy being bad. But it just that was just a, a funny thing, bang, right there. Um, and just really got a key to both places within three months. Just really kind of made that my life for a few years. I was going to college at the time, too. I wanted to be in broadcasting. So I, I, this makes me, uh, you know, very comfortable here sitting, sitting with you guys. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to do that uh, for most of my life. But then I just, I just fell in love with hospitality. I, I, love, I love the bar business. I love Irish pubs. I love that whole culture. And, you know, it just... It, uh, it, it became my project, those two places, and I'm very proud of the work we did and all the friends we made, too. And, nice. and you worked in both at the same time? Yeah, I did for, for a couple of years. And, uh, Rare Olive then closed. Yeah, Becky sold uh, the Rare Olive uh, to a fella, and I didn't really like his vision for the place, so I, I left soon thereafter. And just so happens, like, uh, you know, our friend Kat Vandora, now mm-hmm. Kat was working at Corrigan's at the time, and she had injured her hand, and she was out of commission. So it was instead of me having to go get another second job, I just went into full-time at Corrigan's, and then we ended up letting somebody go. So both of us uh, came, came together there, and that she became my great tag team partner at work. And I'm just really proud of the work we did over there. We completely you know, reinvigorated the menu. We, we changed just about everything it is about that place. And, and uh, I'm proud that it's kind of a local watering hole landmark now, you know? Yes, it really is. And wh- where else did you work before the galley? As far as downtown St. Pete, that was about it. I mean, I worked at Dan Marino's when I was in high school at the old Baywalk, mm-hmm. uh, what is now Sundial. Uh, and then I, I worked at Applebee's on 4th Street for a little over a year. That was where I was trying to climb the corporate ladder. That was the place to go when right. I was, when I was 21. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, There wasn't, well, I mean, you had Mastery's downtown. You had the Rare Olive. You had, you know, a couple other things, but there wasn't a whole lot going on to, mm-hmm. back then. And uh, I grew up in Schroeker's, so all of us kids would all, were always going to Applebee's. So I was like, man, that's the place to go. You right. Know? It's busy. And you're a big sports fan too, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a die-in-the-wool Tampa Bay fan all, all the way through. I, you know, I, I try to go to as many games as I can. It's a little bit more difficult now with everything we've got going on. But yeah, no, I just grew up. My dad was a huge sports fan. You know, he's from Buffalo, New York. So uh, I got inoculated with the curse of uh, being a Buffalo Bills fan as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, Four years in a row. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, that that was always tough. I got I I took a lot of lumps when I was in elementary school about that. But uh, no, I just I love I love the competition. I love the sports. I love what sports does for people. I think it's a great distraction, especially from politics these days. Yeah, right. Yeah, great distraction for that. Yeah. And and that reminds me, we we were in the galley one day, and you were telling us. I think yeah, professional res- wrestling was on the TV. We were watching it, <laughs> and you were telling us about. Go ahead, you remember right? So go ahead, you tell it. I don't remember exactly uh, what, but uh, you know I do have a, a love for pro wrestling. I think it's part of it. Growing up around here, I had older brothers, and they were into it. That was the time of you know Macho Man and, and Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake and all those great you know legends of the late '80s. And uh, it just to me, I just always got it. it, it you right. know, uh, I don't go running around telling people that you know uh, NYPD Blue is fake. You know <laughs> that uh, I was the Law and Order. You know they're not real lawyers. Right. Law, right. Law, they're not real cops. Because it, it was a customer it, came up to you and yeah. said, "You know this isn't real, right?" Yeah, I'm like, like, yeah, and, then, and neither is Law and Order. You know, but everybody watches that. I, don't know, I just always got it, and, and it's uh, 
it's live performance art, and uh, it, I just think it's funny. And you know, we, I think it's part of the culture of growing up around here. Is you know, Hulk Hogan's from Tampa, Macho Man was from Sarasota. You know, it's just right. part of the deal. And, and if you ever go to any ball games around here, you'll you'll end up seeing some of the, the active wrestlers. So yeah, I was on a monorail with Hulk Hogan and his family back when they were the kids. They were yeah, kids when they were little. Yeah. yeah. And I was just just me and the whole Hogan family. It was really interesting. Yeah, people don't realize how big those guys are. Yeah, they're and just, big. And, and uh, the lifestyle that they live, it's just unbelievable. I mean, being on the road 300-plus days a year, doing right. all those dates, it's, uh, I mean, I, I commend them for their commitment to their craft. Right. But, uh, I mean... I mean, when I was a little kid, I guess I wanted to be one, but no, absolutely not now. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. When you think of engine number nine, what do you typically think of, Kevin? Amazing burgers. Yes, very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux was just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town, and I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine, going down the railroad line. We are back with the Christmas episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast with co-owner of the galley, Pete Boland. So Howdy. let's let's talk about the galley. Oh man, uh, where, where should we start? This, this was an inspiration for you for a while. You had been... Waiting to do this, I, I think. So, yeah, uh, I kind of decided when I was about 21, 22 years old that I wanted to, this is what I wanted to do. This was my, my career path. And I always, growing up in Florida, there's always kind of this tip of the hat to somewhere else. Like, uh, you think of, you know, places that were, you know, the Rondos where it was Miami-inspired. Um, you know, there's everywhere was, there's a Pittsburgh Steelers bar this, you know, there's uh, Buffalo City over in uh, Seminole. There's all those type of places. We're always about being proud of somewhere else. New York style pizza, Chicago style deli, everything Bean like that. Bean Town yeah. Pub, all yeah. all that stuff. So, uh, or Irish pub, English pub, Indian, whatever it was, it was always about being from somewhere else. And I just kind of always felt that there would there there was a place for people like me that grew up here that wanted to be to be in a place that was all about being from home. So that was kind of a loose idea I had. And uh, you know, I always wanted to be a little bit of a sports bar, but not a real sports bar. So I think when you say sports bar, people automatically think bad food right, uh, or, right. ch- or cheap food. Right. So I didn't want to do that. And it just kind of took me a long time to get there. And uh, I, th- I thought I was going to be a part of uh, something long-term at Corrigan's. And that's part of the reason why I left. And uh, I, I forgot, we, I, I did go work at King's in the Avenue uh, for a little while. But I, I just, I always felt that there was, there was a place for that. And, you know, in Ireland, they don't call it an, an Irish pub. It's just the so-and-so's local pub. Uh, and that's kind of what we wanted to create with the Cali. And, you know, Ian and I were looking at places. And at first, we actually wanted to do kind of an arcade bar. Uh, we were looking at different uh, places for that, which is uh, ironic now. Yeah, um, right. Um, with, uh, with the rise of Park and Rec. But we, we wanted to do something like that, kind of inspired by uh, Galaxy 82 out in Los Angeles, which is like a kind of a, a nightclub uh, retro uh, gaming bar. And we wanted to find that. We were looking at something like that because we had a, a hookup on, uh, on all the games. 
And then we found the, the spot, the former Reno space, former preemies, and they had this giant kitchen that nobody really even knew about. And when you right. walked into the place, it was just kind of a small, uh, small little box there with the little, you know, 10 seat bar. But to walk back there, it was a full commercial kitchen. So I just kind of got my wheels turning. I was really frustrated with uh, some of the kitchen help. And, you know, we, there was a story in 10 News about that not too long ago about some of our struggles here about uh, staffing in the back of the house. And I just was, uh, was really frustrated. I wanted to be kind of more of a bar-focused thing. But when I saw the size of that kitchen and what, what we really wanted to do and what we thought we could do there, that was where, you know, the galley was born. And we, we went back and forth with some names. My brother just said, just call it the effing galley. And, you know, <laughs> everybody will know what, how to say it and what it means. And it works. It's St. Pete, Florida by the water. It'll make sense. So that's kind of where we went with that. And, you know. Uh, and it always makes me chuckle though when people ask if we have food still. You know, do you guys have food? No way. <laughs> well, galley means kitchen. You know, yeah. I think that's going to be a shirt we're going to have in 2019. So, so <laughs> galley means kitchen. We're we're happy to educate our guests around here too. Yes, that's, that's a, great. That's a good idea. If I remember correctly, the reason it has such a large kitchen wasn't it originally a Howard Johnson? It was a Howard Johnson's restaurant in the 70s, uh, and I don't know if it made it much in the 80s, but it, it had been a lot of things over the years. Uh, one of my favorite ones that it used to be in the 90s it was called the Nimble Rabbit. Mm-hmm. It was a bar uh-huh. called the Nimble Rabbit, which is funny with Josh's Crafty Squirrel. Um, I thought, oh, right, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, but uh, it, Premi had a long run there. Uh, they had a great lunch yeah. business there. You know, when they were in their heyday, there wasn't a whole lot of options for lunch downtown. So they, they definitely had a good lunch business there. And then uh, just the kind of corner got left behind a little bit. And we've, we've been very proud to reinvigorate that. We painted a couple uh, beautiful murals. One by Seacat Murals, our friend uh, Christy Carr, and then Derek Darley and Sebastian Coolidge did a big mural in our alley, and we've got more plans up and coming and over there, and we just, uh, we're just very happy to be where we're at now. We're, we're one block off the block, but we're kind of creating our own little block, and it's great. But you're busy you- all the time. I mean, we'll all be like, we'll, on our way home on a Friday or Saturday, and then we come on, let's go stop at the galley. I love hanging out at your bar. It's awesome. <laughs> and I always say that to Kevin, and we come in, and we're like, we can't even sit anywhere. We can't get <laughs> we can't get a drink. <laughs> well, we're we're hoping to solve that problem here soon. So stay tuned to that. I'll I'll, I'll you know I'll give you guys that little tidbit and we'll we'll talk off the air a little oh. bit about that. But we've got some good plans uh, for that over there. And uh, I wish it was always busy. I mean, I I feel pretty <laughs> good about it. You know, it's usually pretty difficult to string together seven really good days in a row, especially down here. There's just so many great places to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're we're we've developed such a great following and. I just I, lo- I love our customers. I love our staff. Uh, I love what we got going on, and the community's really embraced yeah. what we're doing. And I, l- I love the diversity of the people that come in there. It's it's truly is a St. Pete bar. It really, really is. It's not just young people. It's not just. It, it's a nice mix. It's great. I agree, and I think part of that is you know Ian and I grown up around here. We, we know we know a lot of the folks. I mean, we've been around a long time. So and you know being in the bar business, we, we get a little bit of the younger folks. And then being us uh, in our 30s, that's kind of our core clientele is all, all the people we grew up with. Mm-hmm. But our moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, and we wanted to have a great place like that. So, and, and that's, that's what we wanted. You know, I, don't, I didn't want a loud place. I wanted a comfortable place. And, uh, and I'm really happy that people have embraced it. And you know, part of it is the menu, too, that we have yes. something for everybody. You know? Yeah, it's, and let's talk about the food. I mean, it's, it's a unique it's menu. There's, a great menu. There's uh, a few things that you, know, you would expect. And yeah, chicken wings, for, cheese fries. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. then there's other more unique items as well. And it's, it's also, uh, I guess, it would be fair to say it's somewhat eclectic. It is, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the, it, 
being what we call the St. Pete Tavern, it had to be an eclectic menu. You know, uh, there's, you know, you've got the the Cuban influence, which we definitely have. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to have seafood here if you want to be a, a local St. Pete place. Uh, you know, there is a great bar scene, so having great bar food and people are always in groups together, especially downtown. So you got to have great shareables, right? So we have a large selection of shareables. And then, you know, we have such a hip culture here. So you got to have vegan and vegetarian items. So mm-hmm. I have a whole full column of vegan and vegetarian menu items. As far as sandwiches go, and then we have a couple of vegan and vegetarian entrees, vegan and vegetarian appetizers. Uh, and then we were happy to partner with Soiree for our desserts too. Soiree just does such a phenomenal job. Baking is a science, and mm-hmm. uh, you have to be a little bit of a scientist to nail it every time. So we kind of turned that over to them. We were, we were struggling at first with our, our dessert program. But I know it's just kind of hitting on all those notes, and I'm very proud of our, our Cuban sandwich and our, mm-hmm. our grouper sandwich being those are kind of the Tampa Bay hallmarks along with the buffalo shrimp and, and just having that lighter, you know, fresh Florida fare. Yeah, and you have fish and chips made of grouper. Yes, uh, and I, I thought that was part of, part of the thing, you know, being that Irish-English-inspired pub but mm-hmm. having the Florida the take Florida, on it. Right. Yeah, totally. And the Cuban sandwich, uh, obviously there's, you know, probably everybody thinks that their favorite place is the best Cuban sandwich. And if you say something else, you're gonna, they're going to go crazy. But yours is one of my favorites because it's, on the one hand, it's not strictly traditional. But on the other hand, it's actually more traditional than most people are aware of. Because I actually did, I did research on this, mm-hmm. and one day we'll come out with a top ten and have everybody screaming at us because yeah, I'm sure theirs isn't number one. <laughs> but I don't know if you'll be number one, but you have a good chance, in my opinion, because you have also the salami on there. Yes, yes, yes. That would make it a true Tampa style Cuban, which is the original Cuban sandwich. You know, yep. uh, when I worked for Rondo up in Ocala, he was from Hialeah, which is a big Cuban neighborhood. So that was kind of where I fell in love with the Cuban sandwich. I didn't. Have them so much growing up. Uh, my dad being from Buffalo, we were always about, you know, wings. Buffalo wings and <laughs> uh, Weber's mustard and, and Salem hot dogs, all that. We wanted to make it a traditional Tampa style one. So the first thing is having the La Saguna bread from Ybor City. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is having the true uh, slow roasted mojo Cuban pork. So we do ours for about four and a half hours in, in the oven after we, we uh, sear it on, on the grill. So we kind of keep that moisture in, involved. And then, you know, having, we, we use Havarti cheese because I just personally like Havarti cheese. I think it's a fun, creamy cheese. So we use that. And then the salami, the Genoa salami, we do a house-made pickle on it. And then we do a mustard aioli, which is kind of the, there's an argument as whether or not mayonnaise is supposed to go on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know Bodega uses mayo on theirs. Um, and they, and I, whenever I used to go to Bodega, I would ask for mustard only. So we kind of hit the best of both worlds there. And then just having it, just that perfectly crispy Cuban bread is, you know, if there's anybody, ever anybody from out of town, I recommend them to definitely get the Cuban sandwich because you won't get anything like this outside of our area. Yeah. Right. You just can't get it. The, the bread doesn't exist yeah. right. elsewhere. And, and ironically, most of the Cuban sandwiches from most places do not have the salami, even I, though, so people don't realize that with the salami is actually more traditional. Tr- uh, true. It, it, it evolved part of, like in the other direction. Well, yeah, it just, uh, it was supposed to hit on all the notes of the neighborhood of Ybor City, you know, the. Salami is supposed to represent the Italian-Americans that, that, that yeah. grew up uh, working in Ebor and the cigar factories and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The uh, alligator etouffee, favorite of mine personally. That was a, a great dish inspired by our original chef. Uh, I'll give him a tip of the hat on that. Uh, we definitely wanted to have alligator on the menu. That was one of my things. It'd be in a Florida mm-hmm. place. Uh, have an alligator, right? Kind of like an Irish pub, you have lamb. You know, mm-hmm. For us, it's alligator. That's a Florida thing. No, something for the locals and also the tourists come through. And the etouffee is kind of... Uh, with just you know that's the stewed pepper dish it's uh 
it's a classic Cajun dish, and uh, ours was doing the alligator with it was just a little bit different, a Florida touch, and especially for this cool weather this time of year, that's a, it's a great dish for that. Yes, yeah, totally. And one of my favorite items on your menu is the filet cheesesteak, and when I say filet cheesesteak, it is a filet mignon cheesesteak, and it's delicious. So that is something I always wanted to do, uh, and that just kind of happened from being at home with leftovers. So we get some leftover steak from, you know, go out to eat, and you, you overdid it on the appetizers. And you left over with a little bit of steak, so and I had the stuff together. You know, mm-hmm. I had Havarti cheese in my refrigerator, <laughs> and I just put together, a, you know, a, just a gourmet cheesesteak. And I said, "Wow, like, how come there's you don't see stuff like that?" Right. You know, there's probably a, a nice restaurant in Philadelphia that does it, but you know, you didn't see stuff like that. So I wanted to do it. And then when we first talked about it, everybody told me, "Oh, that's gonna be too expensive. No one's ever gonna order it." And I think I've sold like ten thousand of them since we've been. <laughs> that's <open>. awesome. So. <laughs> Lori had about a thousand of those ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just really good. I mean, to, to have the the shiitake mushrooms, which mm-hmm. gives it the you know the super nutrients to it, and the, the shallots, and then the bell peppers, and then the melt of already with the with the beef tenderloin. When I mean, we with the beef tenderloin, we just brown, so it's usually medium rare when it gets right. on there, and just you know on the true Amoroso Philadelphia roll. Uh, it's another thing that I'm, I'm proud of works. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you guys, I mean, so in the galley, it's a, it's a really cool atmosphere. It's the the decor theme is like galley, like the like the inside of an old tall wooden ship. Nautical, yeah, yeah. nautical. Thank you. Yeah, You're and great food, <laughs> great drink specials, and the staff. Every time we've ever been there, doesn't matter who is on duty at the time. Everybody is super nice. They we feel like they're they treat you like your best friend. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the uh, one of the uh, first things I learned about hiring, especially when it comes to front of house staff, is Hire for personality. Yeah, you can, yeah you totally. Can, you can train most other things. You can't train reliability or honesty, but you can definitely train. Uh, you can definitely train all the little nuts and bolts of it. But if they have a personality, and uh, I was pretty strict about having people only from St. Pete because I didn't think you could be a local place without having locals to work there. But we've got some folks from other places now, and uh, we're just really proud of the team we have. I'm just that you know they they make my life uh, really easy because well, they're just so dedicated. They've just bought into what we're doing and just. Really proud of how much our regulars have embraced the new folks and how uh, it's become a, a badge of honor to work at the Cali. You know, right? Okay, so we're gonna wrap this up with the five with a lightning round. Okay. Five questions. These are these are more like chef questions. Okay. The thing that people wouldn't know is uh, that I, I also went to culinary school. I didn't graduate. Uh, it was difficult to be a GM of a restaurant at the time while I was going to culinary school, but I definitely learned a lot over there at Art Institute of Tampa and uh, Chef Joaquin. Uh, he was my guy. Okay, so that's perfect for these. Uh, lightning round questions. Okay, lay it on me. Olive oil or butter? Olive oil. Love olive oil. Lemon or lime? Depends. I like lemon for seafood and lime for any kind of, uh, you know, uh, Latin Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regarding pickles, dill or sweet? When I was little, sweet. I'm grown now, dill. You're a big boy now. Good. Yep. <laughs> so on butter, Kerrygold or Plugra? Kerrygold. I'm Irish, you know. Yeah, here we go. Ranch or blue cheese? Uh, depends, but I've, I've grown into more blue cheese, but definitely ranch. Ranch is awesome. Yes. It's hard to choose sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks again, Pete, for joining us. Everyone, make sure you go visit the galley located at... 274th Street North, open 1130 a.m. to 3 a.m. seven days a week. And you can go to the galley... www.thegalleystpete.com. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Pete. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. We're going to go have some spiked eggnog, and we'll be right back. (laughs) Word on the street is there's a new fish bar coming to town named Alto Mare, and we are super excited about this new space and this menu. 
Alto Mare means deep sea in Italian. It's located right next door to Anata on Beach Drive, and it's also owned by the same owners, Kurt and Mary Cuccaro of Mazzaro's. They will be featuring creations from our very own rising star in the chef world, who you may know from Anata, Joshua Breen. The interior feeling, it's elegant, light and airy, has a coastal feel, and they will be featuring specialty fish entrees from different types of seafood from all across the U.S. They will have things flown in every day, fresh. They will have a nice wine list featuring whites and bubbles with a few reds thrown in. Look for Alto Mare to debut in the month of January. For more information and pictures, please go to stpetersburgfoodies.com and read the full write-up. In case you can't tell, we can't wait for Alto Mare Fish Bar to open. Alto Mare Fish Bar will be located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. When they do open, they will be open every day at 4 p.m. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is James Suggs. James is a professional trumpet player currently living in St. Petersburg, Florida, after spending eight years living and playing in Buenos Aires, Argentina. His band, the James Suggs Trio, plays all over St. Pete and the Tampa Bay area. James also performs solo at several jazz festivals around the country. His new album, You're Gonna Hear From Me, just came out. He is also featured on several other artists' records, including Gloria West and the Gents. Before the music, we have James in studio to answer the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, James. It's good to be here. Last time I saw you in a studio was in Clearwater at Cleartrack Studios. You were putting down some riffs for Gloria West's album. Yep, yep. which turned out great. And now your, your new album just came out. That's and we're correct. going to talk about that in a bit. So now you're at the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast Studio, which is not as fancy as Clear Track Studios, because <laughs> it's in my condo. But it's more uh, homey. Yeah, it's, it's podcasty. It's comfy. Yeah. <laughs> so you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? Let's do it. Okay. What's your favorite food? I think right now it's fish. Fish. Okay. Fish. I Any particular it, dish that you really like? I, you know, I've been buying it, you know, at, at stores, at, you know, at Publix or wherever, and just doing it myself. I, I have a cast iron grill. Oh, nice. That I put on the stove top, you know, on each side, and then I put it on, in the hot oven. And, you know, I just pour some lemon juice on top, and that's it. When I cook at home, probably half the time it's fish. Mm. It's so good, and I don't know, I can't get tired of it yeah and it's healthy too <laughs> exactly and so that answers question five okay. can you cook but we'll, we'll do that we'll, we'll go more in depth on that when we get right. to it so what what's your favorite restaurant in st pete wow um that's really hard to say actually i'm playing occasionally at sola bistro oh nice yeah um at you know there's a jazz night every other wednesday so um that has amazing food, and they, I like how they change up their, their dishes. Their and, food is totally amazing, yeah. and yeah, very creative, and 
there's always something new. Exactly. If you if you want to be, you know, courageous and try some random thing that you've always wondered about, that you just have to wait and it'll be on the menu. Yes. <laughs> they do have a few items that are regular menu items that are always on the menu mm-hmm. that are fine for a picky eater. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But <laughs> if you're an adventurous eater, exactly. there's a lot more fun to be had there. Yep. So salt or pepper? Uh, salt. Salt, okay. Definitely. Cilantro. Love it or it tastes like soap? <laughs> I love it. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that's Lori's question. So people think it tastes like soap? It's, it's an actual gene. I knew that, but I didn't know that. I never heard the soap part of it. Yeah. Wow. And if there's just like, if you had like an entire bowl of salsa mm-hmm. and then you just stuck one leaf in it, the whole thing will taste like soap. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was so weird when we first started going out, but I'm over it now. It's okay. <laughs> uh, can, and you can cook. You I, said so. And you, you cook fish. I, yeah, I, I cook. And, you know, I, I, I grew up in the kitchen, you know, helping my mom out. I didn't have a choice. And then after a while, I realized, man, I like this. This is fun. So, you know, she taught me the, the basics, you know, how to break an egg, how to, you know, cook scrambled eggs, how to reheat something, how to, you know, should I use foil on top or not? Or um, does this go on the stovetop or under in the oven? So that really was beneficial, you know, to, especially when I was, a, you know, living on my own and, you know, in college and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, all right, how do I, you know, how do I make something out of, you know, I only have three bucks in my, in my pocket. <laughs> How can I make a good meal? So, yeah, it's just, I like just going to the, you know, the market and finding whatever, you know, that yeah. I like and I want to use and just bringing it home, opening everything up, putting it on the table and saying, all right, what can I make from this? Yeah, and a lot of people that I talk to that like to cook, home cooks and professional chefs, mm-hmm. say that they were in the kitchen with their mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crucial. I mean, I feel bad for people that didn't learn that way because, you know, that's like, and like I said, it was whether you wanted to be there or not. You had to help out, you know. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I noticed on your Facebook it said that you lived in Argentina for a while. I did. Is that where you're originally from? No, I'm, I was born, I moved around a lot, my, basically because my father was in uh, teaching and higher education and ended up uh, retiring as a vice president of a university. Um, so we moved around a lot. I was born in, in Rochester, New York, um, went to school in Ohio. But yeah, that was kind of just like a spur of the moment. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and hang out with my buddies in Argentina. And cool. it ended up being eight years and <laughs> life-changing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and now you're in St. Pete. Yep. Playing all over. Do you have some gigs coming up in the new year? Yes. Well, I, actually, um, I have some cool jazz festivals that, you know, this is all new to me. You know, this, this year and then the year that's um, around the corner, um, I've been asked to be a part of jazz festivals. For instance, the Clearwater Jazz Holiday, Suncoast—that's um, awesome. Jazz Holiday, and as well, and the New Year in February, I'll be at the Newport Beach uh, Jazz Festival in Newport Beach, California. Wow! And in March at the Sarasota Jazz Festival. That's great. Yeah, it's really awesome. exciting. And then other gigs at smaller gigs at local places uh, ongoing yes exactly like you know solo every other uh, wednesday solo bistro and then also every sunday 3 to 5 at the independent bar in uh, st pete awesome and your new album came out uh, yes. just recently yeah I'm really excited about that and it, there's there's tw- 12 songs mm-hmm. 9.99 good deal it's like getting two songs for free exactly <laughs> there you go <laughs> well you know i have a marketing background so that's how okay. i think so it was not easy picking a song. 
the whole album is awesome and uh, everybody should go out and get it. The, the name is You're Gonna Hear From Me it's by James, James Suggs. Mm-hmm. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, it's on Amazon too? On Amazon, yep. Any, anywhere else? Or this, It'll be on, on all major venues. Um, and you have an actual physical CD in addition to download, yes? I, I do. And you can order the CD from Arbor's. It was recorded on Arbor's Records. You can order it from them uh, on their website. Or actually, if you come and see me, uh, wherever I'm playing around town, I'll always have a bunch to, to sell. Yeah, and then you could sign it. Exactly, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that Not feels bad. weird, signing things. <laughs> <laughs> From the You're Gonna Hear Me album, we have the song The Ripple. Mm-hmm. It's an instrumental where you're jamming on the trumpet, ripping leads to a, a standard 145 blues progression, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. In, in E-flat. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. And you, you, you share the spotlight with the sax and piano, mm-hmm. trading riffs uh, as well. Anything more we want to know about R- The Ripple? It's funny. That, I don't know if you remember the name The Rip- Ripple, but I just found out about this. This is an old, like, uh, um, cheap wine that people used to drink. <laughs> oh, right. Ripple. Yeah. 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 And, like, I, I never heard of it. And it, we were in the studio, and the, the saxophone player, his name is Houston Person. He's 84, and uh, he's a jazz legend. And he's such a funny, cool guy. And we really bonded in this experience. And yeah, he kept saying, you know, guys, come on, you got to play this blues like you've been drinking Ripple all night. <laughs> and he kept saying Ripple. I was like, what is Ripple? And then, you know, they finally filled me in. <laughs> so I said, we had to call this Ripple. All right. So everybody, pour a drink. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining our listeners probably don't have any Ripple handy. Probably not. I hope but, not. <laughs> <laughs> but pour a drink and here we go. Let's uh, jam to some blues with the Ripple. Thank you, James. Thank you.
Once again, that was James Suggs with The Ripple from the album You're Gonna Hear From Me, which is available for download on all platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. And remember, there is also a physical CD if you're interested in that. And you can, if you see James playing out somewhere, he always has them with him. You can buy one from him and ask him to autograph it because it weirds him out. So do it. (laughs) So today for lunch, we went to Paul's Landing, which is uh, semi-new. It opened earlier this year, I think over the summer. Yeah, really cute interior. It's it's at the Vinoy, which is one of the famous hotels in St. Pete. And wow, do they have amazing food there. So I see shrimp toast on the menu. I'm like, oh, shrimp toast. That's interesting. I, I like that. This is not the Chinese shrimp toast of what I grew up with anyway. That was like little triangular pieces where the shrimp was put on top. They poured egg over it and then they would deep fry it. Right. But this one, it's really like a, it's a large piece of fresh, rustic, rustic country loaf. It really surprised me and looks like a large avocado toast with rock shrimp, avocado, pickled onion, house-made pickles, and fresh yellow cauliflower. Now, to be quite honest with you, I really wasn't all that enthused to eat it, but it's the one thing I couldn't really stop eating. It was so good. Yeah. I highly recommend getting that. Yeah, so it looks like it's, they call it shrimp toast because obviously there's toast and there's shrimp, but there's, with the avocado on there, it kind of looks like a giant avocado toast with a whole bunch of extra stuff on it. Right, right. And and yeah, and you can definitely share that. Or if you want to just have like a big lunch yourself, yeah, Mm -hmm. you you will definitely be It's got tart and savory and it's it's just really good. Yeah, I love the the pickled uh, pickled onions and the house-made pickles Mm -hmm. and the yellow cauliflower. Now, you're looking for something really savory. And there's so many places in St. Pete that say they have the best wings. And and there are a lot of really good wings. But, uh, well, there's a new contender out there at Paul's at the Vinoy. Their fried, I'm sorry, their smoked wings, their beer brined. You have house ranch, a citrus chili rub, and they are just amazing. Right. So it's a dry rub on the actual wings, which was really good just by itself. But then when you dip the, it in the, in the ranch, and, and they have several um, uh, hot sauces too yeah. on, the, on the table that were really good. Exactly. And of course, Lori was there. So <laughs> no one should, that knows her should be surprised that this got ordered. The fried chicken and biscuits. Buttermilk marinated white meat. And it's served with honeycomb and pickles. And the, they're little, little biscuits. They're not like huge biscuits where it's a chicken on a biscuit. It's the chicken is separate from the biscuit. Yeah, the biscuits are a little bit different, but they're excellent. Yes. Our Lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. Please email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. On last week's show, we had a great interview with Bryce Hudson. Lori and I talked about food trends that we think are annoying. And if you missed it, it's definitely worth it to go back and check it out. Here's what uh, some people had to say about it. Melanie Ford wrote in. She said, based on your comments, I'm making a charcoal-infused unicorn cheese and charcuterie for lunch. That was based on some of the things we thought were annoying in food trends. Nola Purplecat wrote, oh my, I cannot love this enough. This is the first one I've had a chance to listen to, and now I'm going to catch up on all of the other ones. And that song, wow, wow, wow. I'm going to iTunes as soon as I'm done typing this and snatch that up. Love that sound. And that's, again, she's talking about Ella Jett was the featured music on last week's show uh, with Bryce. And Bryce wrote himself, We listened to it today at the studio while taking Ryan's headshots and love it. I'm so on board with the gigantic burger trend, too. I think Bryce means that he agrees with us that the gigantic burgers are, like, a little too much and we don't need to do it anymore. So that was about last week's show. Here's what's new. 
since then on the St. Petersburg Foodies website, of course, stpetersburgfoodies.com. We have a write-up on Poor Tap Room. They now have their own stationary food truck. So we have food and beer pairing reviews for Poor Tap Room. They're in downtown St. Pete. And we published a new cartoon that is with Santa and Rudolph. And it's really funny because it relates very well to St. Pete. So to comment on the show by email, you can write to lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you would like to ask chef questions that will be answered by one of the local chefs, you can write to ask at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Lastly, you can find us on Apple Podcasts if you're not already listening to us there. And if you on the iPhone, that's, it's a little purple icon that says podcast on your iPhone. And we are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hi, this is Frankie Ray, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. This week's tip of the week closes out our theme of finding good restaurants while traveling or on vacation. Once I have my calendar worked out, I then go to each website and book reservations. Sometimes one may be booked for the time you have selected, and this happens a lot at dinner with some more highly acclaimed spots, which is why I recommend booking well in advance when possible. This is where your calendar and your restaurant hours list come in handy so that you can slide one to lunch and move one to dinner if needed. While booking, I also check to see if there's a dress code. If one is not mentioned, I still always call to confirm if they have a dress code. From all of us here at St. Petersburg Foodies, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our guest, Pete Boland. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, Altomare Fish Bar, and Engine Number 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating. And also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. We'll we.